Welcome into Sosa Steam Room. My name is Drew Edstrom. Your co-host of this podcast is Blake Van Pocky. Blake, what's up, my friend? How are you, sir? Doing pretty good. How about you, Drew? I'm doing pretty good. I want to give a special shout-out um, before we get moving here. It's Ryan Do Pop's it. birthday today. The man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Ryan Pop, mm-hmm. dear friend that we lost um, a couple months back who is missed, but it is his birthday today. He would be 23 years of age, so I want to give him props before we move mm-hmm. forward. Um, but this is episode 42 of Sosa Steam Room, the Jackie Robinson episode. <laughs> a Ooh. couple things you need to know for advertising inquiries, or if you want to shoot us some questions, email us, sosasteamroom at gmail.com, or just tweet at us. We have Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram accounts. Just search Sosa Steam Room. Subscribe and rate our podcast on Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, as well as iTunes. We have personal Twitter accounts, myself, at Dion Edstrom, and Blake, your Twitter handle. At Soldier Field, BLG. And of course, we are a part of the Wrigley Report Podcast Network. And today we're going to be talking about Cubs trade news with the acquisition yes. of Jose Quintana. It happened. Uh, it, they made a big move, folks. The Bulls, the Summer Bulls that are now dead. We will talk about that. <laughs> and we have Mr. Danny Jaderholm joining us to talk a little bit about the Chicago Fire, which have they've stormed back and they're relevant again in the city of Chicago. Well, about as relevant as MLS can be. But still, we appreciate yeah. that. I'm I'm enjoying it. All right. I'm enjoying them. Let's <laughs> let's get into this because this is the big topic of the day. Crazy news that no one really saw coming. Um, there were talks for a while the Cubs were going to trade for a front line starting pitcher, a guy who you know would be under club control for a couple years, cost effective arm, and you know Theo and Jed kept their cards close to their chest. And today mm-hmm. the Cubs did just that. They pulled off a move for Jose Quintana from the White Sox, which is very rare. It's only the second time in a century that a deal has been pulled off between those two teams. Remember a guy named Neil Kotz? Remember him? Uh, yes, I do. Two thousand six team got two thousand six team got dealt to the White Sox. That was the last time. There's only been two. Only been two to from my in the a hundred whatever year history yes. of the teams. Yes. Wow. So that's something. It's a big day. Uh, the a big deal, day. of course, is Quintana for Eloy Jimenez, who was a top five prospect for the Cubs. Dylan Cease, who's a young electric arm down in single a ball and then was he top 100 i believe he was and two other guys who i don't do not know as well um but they're low a ball guys so blake i want to hear your initial reaction of the deal um how do you think it played out for both teams and what does what does this do for the cubs where does this put them does this solve all the problems or what are your thoughts Okay, I'll start with the basic value going back to each teams. I feel like both teams came away with good enough players to satisfy each side. Because the the White Sox in a rebuilding year get a top prospect, and the Cubs get a guy who's has a great contract, still under contract for another three years, um, sets him up for the future, and can help right now. So... I don't think right now there's a loser. I think both teams really got what they were looking for. Um, 
And as for how this sets up for the Cubs, uh, it definitely makes them better in the short run. But I think even more importantly than that is the fact that they're now set up to go get more pitchers in the future or potentially a Bryce Harper level free agent down the line. I know that's a name that's been flying around and might not be like actually happening, but just a a level a free agent of that caliber could potentially be signed down the line because of a move like this. So for the Cubs, I see nothing but upside. Um, And he's still 28, still got three years on his deal. Um, Good money too. Really like not crazy money. Like one of the better contracts for a guy who's yeah. been really solid the last like five years. So More I like solid. it a lot. I'm going to say that yeah. he's a, he's a top notch guy. I really, I really, really believe that. Cause if you compare his numbers to John Lester's, they're very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll go ahead and say he's a top, he's a top notch guy um, for yeah. sure. And definitely fact, underrated. Yeah. Very underrated. And the fact that now he gets a pitch for the Cubs, get a little bit more exposure on a team that gets a lot of media coverage will be good for him. And yeah. it'll be good for the Cubs too. Cause as you mentioned, team controlled for the next three years, very friendly money wise, great arm. And yeah. I think this means that they're totally going to let Jake Arrieta walk. Um, this, Agreed. In this free agent market, unless he asks for like, unless they can get him for a super cheap team friendly deal, which I don't see that happening. Yeah. I don't, I don't think Boros that happens as his agent. So mm-hmm. I think this makes Arienda Arietta way more expendable and Lackey as well. Lackey's gonna be gone anyway. But I mean Lackey might be gone next month, you know. Not gone off the team, but off the rotation at least. He could. And I mean, there's gonna be arms available. Guys like you Darvish is gonna be on the market. Yes. Um, this offseason that the Cubs could possibly go get couple other guys, it, it's going to make the offseason a little bit more exciting because the conversation has always been, when are they going to make this move for a cost-controlled young arm? And it finally, it finally happened. So do you think the Cubs won this deal or the White Sox won this deal or if it's a, or if it's a wash? I, I definitely think it's a wash. Um, both sides really got what they're looking for, like I said. Um Eloy Jimenez is going to be a really good player, uh, has a really high ceiling. And as we've seen in triple a this year, hits the snot out of the ball. Like that guy destroys baseballs. Um, I'm actually really excited to see his career unfold. Uh, unfortunately it's not going to be with the Cubs, but, uh, definitely worth it to get a guy like you who's just been so solid. Like people talk about his win loss He's been on a White Sox team that's been pretty bad over the stretch of his career. But then you look at his win-loss with three-plus more runs a game scored for him. He's like 49-14. and 14. So uh, there's a lot to like about him. And uh, he's a guy who's going to give you quality starts consistently, can get through six innings without a, like a breeze, I guess. Um I just think there's a lot of upside for both clubs and it's like a weird thing. Like I feel like all the White Sox and Cubs fans today on Twitter and all over the place were just like happy together. It was, it was a weird sensation. So um, yeah, I definitely think that, I mean, it's a win for both teams. They both got what they wanted. 
Rick Hahn said that this was the best package that he had seen, um, phrasing, um, from any team really, <laughs> um, for Quintana. And, uh, you know, I think right now it's a win-now move for the Cubs, and I think the Cubs are winning this deal right now. But that being said, you never really know how to trade – how a trade will pan out, you know, mm-hmm. prospects are never for sure. Something could happen. A guy like cease, you know, you don't know if he's going to be a front end guy or if he's going to be in the bullpen, he's still probably going to be pretty good, but he's down in a ball right now. So we don't really know how his development's going to look. He's also had Tommy John surgery, which, you know, health is always a thing for pitchers. And the same thing could happen yeah. to Quintana too. He could get hurt next year or even this, this year in his career could knock on wood, knock on wood. So you never really know how these things are going to play out, but I think the Cubs won this deal because they have the they have the surefire option in a guy who's going to produce and has produced over the years and is an innings eater, like you said, and is providing exactly what they need right now. The White Sox, like we're building plan, you have to have faith in these prospects. It worked for the Cubs, but it doesn't necessarily work for every single team. So right now yeah. I'm saying the Cubs won this deal. Theo had major cojones to just pull the trigger on this big time. Yes. And it's crazy to me that some fans are even second guessing his decision making. Like what else does the guy have to do for you? He won you a world series. Mm-hmm. It's, it blows me away that people are still like, Oh, that, that was way too much to give up for a guy like that. You know, just trust what Theo's doing. And if it backfires, it backfires, and if it works, he's going to continue with his genius. But he brought us a World Series, and that's really all that matters. Yeah, and the, there's other teams going after Quintana. Like, it wasn't just the Cubs. Like, mm-hmm. they not only get a good player for themselves, but they also take a guy who potentially could have gone to the Brewers, who they're chasing. Um, the Astros were interested, too. Uh, Cubs just had the best offer, but there's a bunch of contending teams who are interested. So, if there's a... There's got to be, you know, the basic logic behind that is, you know, if a bunch of good teams are focusing on him, he's got to be a solid player, you know. And I did see a lot of people kind of like questioning the move. I think it's just based on his current ERA. Uh, Definitely having not his best first half of the season, but he's starting to play a little better uh, recently. And um, I think once people see him and – you know, this, this season, as the season goes along, I think more people will, you know, the people who are at least criticizing it will see why they made this move and why this move is, in all honesty, a really good move for the Cubs and going for right now and long term. So, mm-hmm. absolutely. Even if things don't pan out necessarily this year and let's say health kind of derails as it has, like so far this season and the bats never do really come alive. They didn't give up any major league talent now, mm. like this time around. They didn't have to give up Schwarber or Russell or Baez or guy or even Hap, guys who have produced at this level and are going to get that could get even better. They're probably going to get even better and are still so young. So they didn't give up on any of those core guys that brought them a World Series, kind of stayed loyal to them, which is a good look for them. Even for like Addison Russell, who has been dealing with his domestic violence allegations and all that stuff they stayed true to him and it could have been probably pretty easy to just be like all right let's just move on from this guy all this noise the cubs don't usually mess around with that kind of stuff um but to stay true and consistent to those pieces um it just shows what kind of atmosphere 
they have going and the lo- they honor loyalty and mm-hmm. um, they want to keep these guys around to see if they can do it again because they honestly believe that they can, especially Kyle Schwarber. Uh, they are so yeah. freaking high on Kyle Schwarber. Even Very high. His struggle. Yeah, so, he's like he's like uh, untradeable almost. Like mm-hmm. for you know for a guy who's been triple A this season, that's seems crazy, but that just shows you the confidence they have in him. Yeah, I mean, they someone was mentioning during the home run derby a guy like Aaron Judge, who has had his struggles. Like he never was like he was. He's twenty five. Beast. He's like twenty five years old. Clobbering homers now. He struggled. He was hitting in the one. He was hitting like one fifty. There's something mm-hmm. like that last season, and guys are ready to give up on him. And look what he's doing now. I'm not. Com- I'm not trying to compare Kyle and Aaron Judge. They're totally different that- players. But like, it's something to think about that these guys can turn it around. Maybe it's just the littlest thing in their swing, or their approach, or even mentally. Yeah. You know, and these guys are going to be feeling good going into the second half because they're going to feel like, okay, they're not going to give up on me. They want me mm-hmm. here, and you know. I know Theo has come out and be like, oh, we're super high on Kyle and Addison and all these guys, and we don't want to trade them. But still, when a team is struggling like the Cubs and they have so many young pieces that could get dealt, it does get in the head of some of these kids. The psyche, yeah. it, it, get, it gets to them. We're all human. They we're haven't been through it. Stuff. They haven't been through it before. This is probably the first time. So None of them have been on a really, you know, a team with losing record yet. I mean, the two years the young guys have been up have been really successful years. So they just haven't dealt with this. Mm-hmm. So with all these moves being made, and there might be more too. Theo might not be done. Um, yeah. So we could be recording this, and tomorrow he makes another move for a back back end of the rotation type of guy, um, giving up more prospects. The Cubs have no more top 100 prospects to give up. Yeah, so that's, they're all that's they're all in the big leagues, but now this kind of affords them more time to maybe even build up the farm again. Um, yeah, which is crazy to think about. Um, but what does this do for this team? They're five and a half game back of the Brewers, who neither of us really have the most faith in. Yeah, um, they have a tougher schedule than the Cubs. The second half of the season, the Cubs have one of the easiest. Um, these first two weeks post all-star break are going to be extremely important because the Brewers have an easier schedule and the Cubs have an easier schedule too, but the Cubs need to capitalize on some of these games, really not going to let the Brewers kind of take that five and a half games and bring it up even more. Cause once we're talking eight and a half, nine and a half, that's really difficult to come back from. Um, Yeah. A lot of luck has to go your way. So you still have faith. Do you think they're winning the division or, you know, are the bats not going to wake up? Yeah, I still have plenty of faith. Uh, the run is still there. You know, the this illustrious run that we've been talking about, it's still, it's going to happen. Like I'm, I'm very sure that it's going to happen. And another thing uh, with this team is, you know, they get Quintana to start the second half, but they're also going to get, Kyle Hendricks back as well. So they're going to get two quality, quality starters. So this team, I feel like yeah, they had a terrible first half. Like they totally underperformed, but they just need some confidence and more consistent pitching. And I think they're going to get that. And that's going to, that's going to propel them to win the division. And, and like you said, they, the one thing they need to do right off the bat is just keep this around five games, keep this, this, uh, deficit 
on five games. And if it gets, they just can't avoid, they have to avoid, you know, making it like six or seven games, you know, just stay away from that at any cost. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that, that'll do it for Cubs talk. We will definitely keep going with this next week and see what they do as the trade deadline approaches. They might make another move. Yeah. Uh, but now I mean, co- let's let's change it up a little bit and talk some Chicago Fire soccer. We had Danny Jaderholm join us a little bit ago, and we want you to hear this because he's an extremely knowledgeable soccer fan and a good friend, and he wanted to come on and talk a little bit about the fire and how this team has kind of revitalized himself, themselves. So here, take a listen. Joining us now on Sosa Steam Room is a good friend of the program and Chicago Fire expert, Danny Jaderholm. And, you know... For those of you listening, we haven't really talked about the fire too much this year, but I think it's about time we Not get started. All. I think it's about time we get started. I, I agree, boys. And thanks for having me on again. It's a really uh, it's a great honor to be here uh, live with you both. It's it's going to be fun. It's going to be a great time. So Blake, have you been following the fire whatsoever this season? Uh, Yeah, more recently. Uh, not until I knew they were actually kind of good. But... Wait, you mean recently once Bastion Schweinsteiger came, or like when... once once Bastion Schweinsteiger came? Well, say his last name right. First of all, it's <laughs> Schweinsteiger. It's not. Smart. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna attempt it again. Okay, well, it's really fun to say. So if you're gonna say it, say it right, and it's German Schwein, not swine. Schwein. Schweinsteiger. We're good. not talking about pigs. We're talking about. <laughs> Schwein. We're talking about the beautiful man who plays center mid for the Chicago Fire, number 31. He's number 31. He's, He's a good, good player. Man. He is. So I've heard. And the Chicago Fire are a very good team. And Danny, I just want you to kind of uh, answer a couple questions for us because probably a lot of people listening hmm. haven't paid much attention to the Fire, sure. like, like Mr. Van Pocky here. Haven't jumped on the bandwagon as of yet. But they will after listening they to this will. podcast. They will. It's coming. Plenty of room. There's a lot of room at Toyota Park. A lot of room. <laughs> so, Danny, kind of describe what this team is all about and, like, what's their strengths and weaknesses? Um, who are their best guys? Sure. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's rewind the clocks back maybe two years. Uh, we were the worst team in North America. Uh, and the year before that, we set a record for the most ties in North America. So the past three seasons for Chicago Fire have been a very troubling few um we repeated our worst team in north america appearance two years ago with last year being the worst team in north america bottom last and now folks the fire riding high on you know being the the front leaders in the eastern conference and challenging for the supporter shield which is that overall season of major league soccer the overall winner um so it's really kind of been you know the opposite side of the bed for the fire you know you've, they, we've turned that pillow and made it cold you know we flipped mm. flipped the bed um and and we're riding high and i think a lot of it has to do with the young core group that we have um homegrown players that grew up in chicago that followed the fire when you know they were our age um and some of that experience too that we've gotten from europe people who are used to winning people who are leaders on their team like dax mccarty janino Bastian Schweinsteiger, and, and even Nemanja Nikolic as well. I think bringing in those core group has really transformed Chicago Fire, and, and I think it's for the better. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. such a crazy turnaround um, to think about, and it happened very quickly. Do you think what, – what, what was the key move that kind of changed everything? Was it the Schweinsteiger uh, – Schwein. 
Schwine. Sorry. I'm Schwine. Gonna... <laughs> was it that pickup or was it something else that kind of triggered this kind of movement towards being relevant again and being good? You know, that's a great question, Drew. Great question. Um, and I think a lot of it has to go with our coaching decision um, two years ago when we cleaned house. We got a GM. And Nelson Rodriguez, we got a great kind of young coach who uh, reinvigorated our team and our academy um, in Velko Panovic. And I think with his guidance now and his leadership, you know, key players like Nemanja Nikolic, who have Serbian roots, have connected with him. Um, and those players like Nemanja Nikolic, Bastian Schweinsteiger, um, even Georgi Mihalovic, who's, you know, kind of a young player. Uh, highly sought after on other you know academy teams in North America. These players have have formed a relationship with Velko, and he seems like he's a real guys guy. You know, someone mm-hmm. that I'd like to you know chat with, maybe have a cup of coffee or another liquid of your choice. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, not, not like Blake though. He's not like Blake. Whatsoever. No, well, I mean Blake, I don't really know. You. I just know you as a Villa fan, and you know that being said, <laughs> that's not much to be cheering about, huh? Do we have to bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we do. We do. <laughs> but but all in all in all, you know, I think with Falco's mission and, and Nelson Rodriguez, our GM, they're kind of their visions are parallel and that's to make, you know, the Chicago Fire um great again. Not to, you know, quote our, our president, but I think, you know, the fire has been a flame that's been extinguished, you know, prior to this year. Uh ninety eight and maybe the the late nineties were our best years and we've kind of gone dormant since then um and i think with this core group that we have and you know the young players that are coming along with us uh the fire have been rekindled no pun mm. intended mm. i think there's definitely pun intended oh i 100 <laughs> so. a lot of pun there <laughs> so is there a weakness that this team has what can what would be something that would stop them from mm. getting that supporter shield Oh, for the well, you know, you and I watched the game, the the U.S. Open Cup game against Cincinnati, mm-hmm. um, which actually they ended up losing in PKs. And I think, brutal game, isn't it? It's, it's just, just a brutal game. I think <laughs> when I look back on that, maybe it's a little bit of a blessing in disguise. Because one thing I see the fire, we're not, you know, our core group that we kind of rely on. They're not super young. I mean, Schweinsteiger's thirty four, Nemanja Nikolic I think is twenty eight thirty. Um, Dax McCarty is, you know, up there as well, as well as Janino. So when we look at our central midfield, they don't, they don't have the freshest legs. Um, so I think with the U.S. Open Cup kind of, you know, now out of the picture completely, we can more focus on the regular season. We don't really have anything, any other tournaments that we need to be focusing on. So, uh, you know, when I look about kind of our Achilles heel, it might be our stamina throughout the season. Mm. Um, with our back line, with our midfield. Mm-hmm. And I think just consistency is always, you know, something that soccer teams need to look forward to and need to nip in the butt to keep going. Hmm. Interesting. As far as other teams are concerned, mm-hmm. um, either in the same conference or out west, who's going to stand in the way? Who's going to be the toughest um, opponent for these guys moving forward? Do you think they can keep up this level of play? Is their youth going to get to them? They're an experience. Or do you think at, when it's all said and done in the fall, they'll be holding up an MLS Cup? Oh, gosh. Let's not talk. Let's knock on wood there right let's now. Let's knock on wood. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, man, I don't know. I think when we look at the Eastern Conference, uh, you have to think about the runners-up, the 2016 runners-up, which is Toronto. 
um, with Michael Bradley, Josie Altador, Sebastian Giovinco. Really talented team, really exciting team. Um, and then you also look at New York City FC with David Villa, and you know they're kind of more you know driven by Patrick Vieira, their coach there, who's an experienced player. Great Arsenal, you know, center back, and you know I think when we look at the Eastern Conference, those are two formidable teams that we have to look forward to. On the Western Conference, you know, I could care less about Portland Timbers or you know any of those stupid teams out in Cascadia that think they're like whoa. What you're down in you're down in Phoenix, right? I mean, <laughs> the Phoenix Rising is the only team that you have to cheer for. I'm right? a Rising fan, man. Are you? That is, no, I'm not actually. But... Well, no, Blake. I actually like a question that I have for you is the Phoenix Rising. Yeah. Like, are they taking off down there, or what's the deal with them? Well, they just built a stadium like near ASU, um, and I think more people are starting to find out about it, but it's still kind of small at this point. It's uh, maybe like around like the Coyotes level oh, sure. of interest right now. So it's I think it's growing though. Yeah, which is good. It's hard to play soccer in a desert. Um, but even when you sign a retired you know Chelsea fan like Didier Drogba, <laughs> Chelsea legend, I mean you can't even pack that stadium. Still, it's kind of can we not? Uh, you tell me. You're the one down there. <laughs> hey, but the, the fire the fire are having trouble packing their stadium as well, and we've had it. You know. <laughs> since 2006 so they'll get there yeah they're, they're it seems like coming. it's uh it seems like it's starting to pick up a little bit i think people around the city are starting to notice or look at least look at the standings and see, see them on the top of it so Whoa. i feel like the word is starting to spread slowly sure yeah like i would agree but it's tough for you like north imagine if you guys were back in college at north park like it's tough for you to go to the southwestern corner of chicago for you know a game that you might have thought the fire were gonna lose it's it's tough is that where the stadium is i don't even didn't even know that it's very far away (laughs) it's like 71st in harlem which is the very corner it's technically i guess in in bridgeview so it's almost a suburb of chicago but yeah it's a a hike for all of us so it's they're not making it easy for us but we are going to go to a game but danny and myself if they keep winning games blake i think it's a worthy investment when you come back to Chicago, whenever that happens. I believe that. If it happens, ever. There's still, we don't know if Blake will ever come back to Chicago or if we will ever see Blake in person ever again. But we hold out hope. I'll be back. I'm just not going to tell anyone. <laughs> Blake, do you have any questions for our guest here before he before he takes off? <clears throat> yeah, I got one. Um, oh, gosh. I, <laughs> well, thank you for that. But, uh, I guess uh, what, where do you see this team's uh, – what's this team's ceiling? Mm. You know, I'd like to see the fire go back um, and just get back to basics. When that means, you know, before we kind of hit the fan uh, and the fire kind of dissolve, um, we were the kings of the U.S. Open Cup. That being said, we have like five titles and no team has ever surpassed that. Now this year there's a chance that Seattle might do that. Um but I, I would like to see us kind of be um, the kings of the Midwest. I think that's, you know, our aim for the next couple of seasons. Um, but, you know, I think our ceiling is more of a ceiling for the MLS. Like, where can, where can the MLS stop as a league? Um, and I think what the aim is that the commissioner has been saying is being a more competitive league in the, in the U.S., in North America, and being on the table of, you know, the Spanish La Liga, uh, the Barclays Premier League, and 
you know, all the major competitions and leagues worldwide. Um, we want to be an attractive league and an attractive team for the fire uh, to compete with teams around the world. So um, do I think we're there yet? Absolutely not. Um, do I think there's a lot of work to be done? Uh-huh, definitely. And I think that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's not just like a five-year plan. I think that's like a 10-, 20-year plan, um, something that we're going to grow up with as, you know, once we have gray hairs, which, Blake, I haven't seen you in person, but you might have a couple gray hairs sprouting. I have a, I have a few. Okay. Um, you know, but that's going to be, that's going to be a a road that we can see further down the future. And I hope it's going to be a good one, you know? Absolutely. Well, Mr. Danny Jaderholm, thank you for joining us on Sosa Steam Room. We really appreciate it. And Blake, any last words for our guests here before we let them go? Uh, thanks for stopping by. Yeah. And hopefully I'll get to meet you in person. Yeah. Blake, I'll look forward to that. Thanks for having me again. Yeah. All right. Danny, thanks so much, man. All right. Cheers, boys. All right, Dan, that was Danny Jaderholm, and thanks again for coming on, Danny. You're a good man, and we appreciate you. Very insightful. Yes, very insightful. very insightful. And we'll probably have him on again as the fire season continues. I would love to do that. So yes, I, let's do it. I just want to announce that the Summer League champion Chicago Bulls are dead. RIP, and uh, their, their run is over. They will not be you, going back-to-back. They're not going to get a... Cubs second half run? They are not. Well, I mean, their season technically hasn't even started yet, but the Summer League season, they're out of the tournament. They have a consolation game on Friday, like a we're sorry game. So that'll be fun. <laughs> um, we're sorry. Chris Dunn and Cameron Payne were two guys that started the Summer League season on the roster, and they both left for family issues. Didn't really get to see a whole lot of Dunn, but he was aggressive on the defensive end. Um Offense is a lot still to be desired. Cameron Payne is just god awful. Um, he's one yeah. of the biggest cons from this summer league team. I would I would honestly consider waving him because he adds n- nothing to this team. Um, from my perspective, with a team that's what a trade point guard position. What a trade that Cameron Payne uh, for Anthony Morrow, Joffrey, Joffrey Laverne for Taj Gibson, Doug McDermott, and a second round pick. Remember, they gave up like my gosh, like billion picks for McDermott too. So you're basically giving up seven or six picks for Cameron Payne. So, woof, that's the point guard of the future, and he's been god awful. And Fred <laughs> Hoiberg has said to be very faithful to him and likes him a lot. I don't get the appeal. I don't really see it at all. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that one. So he's been he was pretty bad throughout the summer league run. Um and just looked so unconfident, like did not look confident at all um, when he had the ball, looked rushed, could not shoot. There was a game where the Bulls shot like one of 16 for three or something like that, just brutal numbers. Yeah. But I have been somewhat impressed with Lowry Markadon's performance. He can shoot. Um, I wish they put the ball in his hands a little bit more for him to make some plays. Defensively, there's still a lot to be desired there. Um, his positioning is not great in the defensive end. He still needs to get a lot stronger, which is pretty common for European guys. But his positioning on the offensive end, they really have to work that pick-and-pop game with him, um, get him in rhythm. I think he's a good piece. I don't really get him and Miritich on the same team. 
Yeah. Uh, Miritich has yet to sign, but Gar Foreman says that they are hopeful to get a deal done soon. So probably upcoming here, they will get a deal done. He's been at, he's been living at the advocate center, essentially Um, just working out there all the time. And he's going to resign. It's more of a when, not if type of thing. Yeah. So we'll see when he um he resigns. But the Summer League champion Bulls are pretty much dead in the water. And this season, I would be shocked if they win more than twenty five games. Um, it's gonna be that bad. That sounds like a good thing at this point though. <laughs> it does. Cause give me Porter Jr. I'm I'm all about it. Give me him or Luka Doncic. I look at both both of those guys. I'm I'm all for it. So the tank has yeah. started. I'm team tank, but knowing Gar and Pax, they're gonna make an outrageous deal for someone next free agency period when the free yeah. agent class is just absolutely loaded. They're gonna try to go get LeBron again. They're gonna try to go get Durant, and it's just gonna blow up in their face. And yeah, it's gonna be an awful time. So just get ready for that. I uh, I have to say I'm really excited about the idea of this team tanking enough to potentially get a top five pick in that 2019 draft. I, I don't know if you've I don't know if you read a lot about that draft, but there's three or four like generational players. Yeah. Maybe not three or four, but there's at least one or two that are really really good, and I'm really excited of the possibility of the Bulls landing one of those guys. I'm not optimistic just because I know this front office and I know the Bulls and they consistently let me down. So yeah, that's basically. Yeah. Oh gosh, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say, yeah, they'll they'll probably win enough to avoid that happening, which oh would drive me crazy. They're gonna compete. We want a younger and athletic team, and I want to vomit in the nearest trash can. <laughs> Well, that's basically all I want to talk about in regards to the Bulls, and that just about wraps things up. So, a couple shout-outs. DJ Folklore, Sammy Sosa, who is now extremely white. Um, (laughs) Did you see that? Yeah, I I saw it. I had no idea it was him at first. I had no clue. And then later, I saw someone joking about it. I was, like, so confused. Our namesake has... I just... His, I loved his getup. His getup was so good. He looked like a bottle of Pepto Bismo. <laughs> He's literally Pepto Bismo. Like that's like the Halloween costume he Pepto went as. Bismo? Is that what you just said? Is it Bismol? Yeah. I've been saying it wrong my whole life. You're a fraud. And, and uh, I've seen those commercials like pink, a lot. He like the Pink Panther. He was the Pink Panther. So shout out to him. Christopher, Thunder, Hector, Danny Jaderholm for joining us again. Thanks, Danny. Beef yep. and Skullville, RigglyReport.com, Javier Baez, Barack Obama, David Ross, Anthony Rizzo, my large adult son, Cristiano Felicio, Ryan Pop. Happy birthday, my friend. Miss you. Happy birthday. The internet, the Cubs, they're back. All the They're back, baby. David Holmes, Theo Epstein for having cojones. Nintendo, <laughs> human being, Sydney Norman, and some final plugs for you. Find us on Twitter again at Sosa Steam Room, on Instagram at Sosa Steam Room, really Subscribe and rate on iTunes, please. We really appreciate it. And Blake, any last nice. words of wisdom for the people? They're back. <laughs> They're back, folks. We will catch you later. Good night. I love you. <laughs>